Master Bowman podcast. If you're obsessed with the strategies, gear, and stories that will make you a better backcountry bow hunter, you're in the right place. We're independent, unsponsored, and unbiased, so we can cut the fluff and give you detailed advice on what really works and what doesn't. Today, Josh and I are talking about the lows and the lessons of elk hunting from last season, but also from many seasons before. It's a really important podcast because a lot of things are very positive in the elk hunting world, but some of the toughest moments are really, really difficult. So we'll talk about some of them today and how you can get through them. Uh, Josh, we are starting with a low today. A different kind of low, a uh, podcast low. <laughs> podcast. So Josh was asking about listener questions and I checked my spam folder and there's about 10 folks that have messaged in there in the spam folder. Uh, and so don't worry, guys, I'll get back to you. I feel so bad right now. But uh, we're doing maybe a shout out to Samantha and Jake who wrote us a nice, nice little letter. We're Super excited to have you guys listening. Um, a lot of similarities with what Josh is doing, fairly new hunters, Bay Area, a um, bunch of other folks. I could li- read off this list of 10 or 20, but uh, anyway, open apology to everyone who's written a note in the last two or three months because I either haven't responded or Gmail auto deleted it. So, oh, new lows, new lows, podcast lows, but what comes with lows are lessons. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so please rewrite your, your, your messages and I will not miss them this time. Yeah. And we will get to the listener questions and gosh, it was Samantha and Jake. Thank you so much for writing in that just like warmed. We just had all the warm and fuzzies reading it and feel super appreciated and that we're happy. Like this is actually helping new hunters and, uh, we're making a difference in a small way. Making a difference. Yeah. yeah. A little bit at a time. That's why we do this is just to help people out. And it's super, I mean, that's literally the best thing that could happen here is to have people write in and say that kind of stuff. So thank you so much for the folks that have done that. Um, uh, it kills me that I wasn't there to write back within an hour and tell you how much that meant. But going forward, it's weird as half of them got out of there and half of them didn't. I don't know. Yeah. The internet. Someone to spam and they auto delete after 30 days or something. So it's like I won't work in tech or something, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Man. So today, speaking of failures, I think this is the episode that might not get as many clicks. This is the episode that's probably not what every other podcast is going to do. This is definitely the one we should be doing because I think the lows uh, of elk hunting are, you know, some of the highs are higher than anything and the lows are lower than anything. It's just like entrepreneurship or something, right? You're it's so much on you. You're out there, you're alone, or even if you're with a buddy that you feel the victory so hard and the, the defeat's so brutal. So, uh, Josh actually came up with this idea. I got to give him credit. Um, but we're going to go through some of the biggest lows we've had and then talk through how to deal with them and how to avoid them. Cause a lot of them are very avoidable. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know Baxter, you had two pretty low points. So maybe you start off one and then I'll share my one really low point and then we'll end with your last one. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll go back and forth and just kind of bounce them back. And I think some of these are unique to the season, which we'll talk about just bad situations mm-hmm. <laughs> for each of us, for people to avoid. We talked a little bit about them in the, a uh, little bit about them in the recap last year, but we're going to talk more in detail of how you can avoid it. And then some of these are just consistent themes every year. I deal with the same thing. Um, and hopefully that encourages people too, that even though I've been extraordinarily lucky with my hit rate on elk. I'm still feeling that same thing every year. You know, everyone goes through it. So 
Right. So story time, Baxter, which one do you want to start with first? Which low point? Your, your worst low point or the second worst low point from last season? Uh, well, maybe we, let's start with the second worst because uh, I think this is one, like I was saying, this is every year, mm-hmm. every year uh, for everyone, I would say. And it's, it's probably the most difficult and that's blowing an opportunity. Mm. Uh, so the one that really comes to mind, we talked a little bit about it in the last podcast or two, is that you know, that last day that I ended up getting mine, um, I went up. We had been we've been tailing those bulls forever. People can go listen to that story. It was thousands of feet of elevation and miles and miles of effort to get there. And then you know, had him at well, I think it was seventy to eighty yards. It was just about right. Wind switch. He's gone. And um, you know, I could, could have chosen to go up the avalanche shooter up the creek. Chose the shoot. In hindsight, I think the creek would have been better. I mean, you can never know. That's the thing. Um, but anyway, that was that was uh, I didn't really dwell on on the last one, but it, that was an incredible low. I think anytime you have an encounter and whiff an elk hunting, you know that might be. Let's be honest, that probably is your one chance this year, right? You usually most folks are going to get one good chance a year. Probably you know a few encounters, ten encounters like we've talked about before they get a bull, but like one good one a year. Um, if you're average, quote unquote, right? Hopefully, folks that are listening here are going to be above average if they really dive in um but when that happens i think it's hard to underrate how bad you feel (laughs) like you are crushed because you're like i just did this wrong um it's pretty easy to dwell on it uh and i don't i I don't really have a golden recipe for this one under uh uh, uh, unlike some other ones sorry i got like five hours of sleep last night darn baby (laughs) um but I would say the thing that I always try to think through when that happens is I've never, there's one thing I can say about elk hunting is you can never predict it. Mm-hmm. In this situation, I got unbelievably lucky and went and got that other one right after. Um, so that's the perfect example of it. But I've had that happen in so many other places. Last evening, I've been like, oh, that was definitely the last chance. Ne- woke up the next morning and one was right near camp. So there's, I'd say one thing to keep in mind is there's always a chance like dumb and dumber right so you're saying there's a chance there's always a chance (laughs) until you put the bow in the car even then there's still a chance right Uh, so keep that in mind too is that uh, i don't really say this about a lot of grief or bad events in life because i think it is good to process it and understand it but this is one where it is good to shove it under the rug (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> you're still in the game you're still in the game you've got seven days if that like five days and like spending an hour moping i mean we could do the math right now that'd be like if you have 10 waking hours you know that's like that's like three or four percent of your hunting time holy moly right like it's a big deal so just like shove it under the rug and start doing something i think is a good thing just mm-hmm. make yourself do something start walking start hunting you know um and then three, just like know it exists. Like that's that's just part of the game. Like no matter how experienced you are or whatever, even if it was one you weren't super excited about, it kills it kills you every time it happens. So I don't know. I'm just rambling on here, Josh. Does that make sense? No, that's good. And also, um, I want to just hone in a little bit to that moment because you you went through it pretty quick. But like that was the last full day that you had hunting of this season, like your RV was due the next day, like you were going to head back home. Can you walk us through? And the reason I asked this is because a lot of people there, they're especially me, my first season going in, I'm like visualizing what it's going to be like. And mm-hmm. oftentimes I'm visualizing the great moments, but I think yeah. it's also useful to visualize the 
the bad moments. Um, Alex Honnold in an interview where he talked about free soloing El Cap. So he climbed a 3000 foot rock wall with no rope and he would actually visualize negative things. Like he would visualize him making the wrong move, slipping and falling or visualize himself getting super scared and then getting out of it. So that way, while he was on the wall, if something negative happened, it wasn't going to be the first time he'll be like, Oh, I know this feeling. I'm very scared right now, but here's yep. what I need to do. So the reason I ask is like, can you drill on, on just what that felt like? What, what was always going through your head so that listeners, especially those new to hunting can experience it beforehand a little yeah. bit. Yeah. No, that's a really great point. Visualization we've talked about before. It's so powerful, man. So I do, I, I, that's a great point, Josh. Like the more you can think about it ahead of time, the more you're going to be prepared for the moment. I totally buy that. Uh, I mean, but what's going through my head is like the second that elk whirls around or leaves or does something, I think we've talked about this too. Like don't, I've actually had, that was one thing we talked about last podcast. I've had situations where the elk actually didn't go far or you weren't out of the game or it ran 200 yards or whatever. Um, and so the temptation in that situation too, is to like the second it whirls and gets your wind, you're just like, oh, screw me. And just like drop your bow and sit on your butt. Right. Um, but I think. I would advise people like you just hang in there for a second and like try it out. That'll help kind of meter out that like bad feeling too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then when you really know it's over, like it's truly done, like there is a total for me, at least there's a huge feeling. Like I just want to quit, like screw it. Like this Dang. is, I put in so much effort, especially if you're super, you're the back half of a trip. Cause no matter how well you prepare, you're malnourished, you're tired, you're, you're just wrecked. Right. Um, and I just like, for me, it's like, I just want to sit down and drop this bow. Right. Mm -hmm. And just like, give up, like, come on. Like I worked for that. I deserved it. Like, what was the deal? Um, right. So it's like, so, like a sense of disappointment. Would you say uh, that? Yeah. That's for the sure. closest it's, word or yeah, else? disappointment, depression. It's like your the bottom just drops out and you're like, ah, oh, what am I here for? Right. Like, wow. <laughs> it's so brutal. Uh, so I think that's, that's all normal. And I don't, I mean, I've seen a lot of guys go through that and then you, know, you hear them for like the next two or three hours. They're, oh man, if I just, oh, you know, even a week later, if I, oh, if I just, so it's pretty easy to live in your head, um, in that moment. But I think visualizing that visualize yourself, you know, just taking, even if it's a minute or two, just sitting down and going, okay. And then just being like, get back. Okay, cool. Just get back up and keep going. Like have, mm -hmm. have a drink, have some food. We've talked about this before. Food is mood. Um, it's incredible how much that changes things. Have a bite and just do something like we talked about. Yeah. 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 That's, it's uh, that's a brutal one. Yeah. That's good to walk through. I haven't had that emotion of just utter disappointment yet. I know I will, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, my low point was a different kind of negative feeling, but, uh, it's good for me to just remember that I'm going to, reach a point in elk hunting or hunting in general, where I'm going to miss something or, or something's going to go wrong and I'm going to be so disappointed. And so it's good for me to just like, think about it, feel it, see it happening and then yep. see myself eat some good candy or whatever, and then get yeah. back after it, <laughs> stuff up and go. Um, yeah. and it's, I mean, I think you've, we've talked about this too, like that learning mindset of like growth mindset. People like to say it's so cliche, but like, I'm here to learn you were really able to frame it. You're very good at that. You're able to frame it in your mind as that. But I think a lot of people, even if they're trying to do that, it can still be tough, right? Yeah. I think it's also a novelty thing. Like if the first time you saw those bulls walk up to you, you're like, oh, sweet. Yeah. The second time that happens, they walk away. You're going to be like, oh, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. So, oh so it's coming, right? Like it's yeah. inevitable. Um, right. Yeah. Just know it's right. there.
Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, uh, you're, yours is pretty fun because your low point was a very legitimate one. I'd say much more legitimate than that. And it involved almost dying. So maybe we, uh, we talk through <laughs> that and how you can avoid it. Oh, man. Yeah. So my low point, uh, I'll actually, I'll just highlight the moment first and what I was feeling and then I'll kind of work backwards. But it, this is the first, that was the first time I had, I had utter like, almost it's the closest feeling to panic i've ever felt in the backcountry um maybe even just in my life i was very scared panicked and uh managed to get myself under control so that's the that's the little seed i guess let me mm-hmm. start over so my plan was went into a new area i was going to do this giant loop around this ridge almost like a like a bowl or what I thought was bull. And I was going to stay up high, do this huge loop, just glass into all this area, look for sign, all that good stuff, just get a sense of the terrain. Uh, and I'm using, you know, Google or, or I think I was using Onyx maps. I don't know if I looked at the end of the bull, like I should have Imagine it's like a horseshoe and, or like a rainbow or whatever. And there's one end and the other end where the pot of gold would be. So yeah. on that Ridge, I was going towards that pot of gold and I thought it would hop over to the other <laughs> side. So I can go do a loop on the other side, like another horseshoe over there. And you just said, I'm going for that. that pot of gold. Sorry. I just had to call that out. <laughs> you keep going. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> I was on that ridge up high and the it just started getting super cloudy, just dark, wind started picking up. And on the Garmin inReach, it said chance of precipitation was like 20%. So I was like, ah, yeah, we're good. Later, Baxter will have a point on that. <laughs> but uh that he shared with me. But anyway, so I'm like, ah, oh, we're good. And I keep hiking, I go up, 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 I'm getting higher, going towards that ridge to cross over to the other side. And at this point, the terrain gets, it's basically a bunch of rocks, like small rocks, like almost like rock slide type of stuff. And it's super steep. So I'm gingerly just stepping one foot in front of the other, going up the steep stuff. And it's so steep that like, like if you slide off, you're, you're just going to be sliding for a while. And also you can't like, it's so steep. You can't like walk backwards. You just have to like one step at a time, move up an inch forward. Yeah. But anyway, I get towards the top and I look over the ridge and it's just this sheer drop off. Like it wasn't really as smooth <laughs> and quote unquote <laughs> flat as I thought it was on on X oh, and there's it's no so way for me to cross over. So I'm stuck there and the wind's picking up. Then it starts raining and then it starts hailing and then it starts snowing. And like, I just don't know what to do at that point. And I got this pack on and I'm like, just feeling like I'm going to slide off this mountain. And I remember clearly in my head, just thinking, stop, think, observe, plan, stop, think, observe, plan. And I kept repeating that like almost like out loud in my mind. Um, I think that's from Hunter Ed. It's like S-T-O-P, stop, think, observe, plan. So I just did that to calm down. I took my pack off and I crouched down, put on another layer. The wind was coming and I just, I figured I just have to get off. So I just very slowly got off. Um, but the whole time I was freaking terrified. It was the first time I was like, do I need to call something? Like, I don't know. How am I going to get off this thing? I just slowly made my way off. It started snowing harder. I, I set up my tent. I was all wet and cold. It was a long night. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, uh, yeah, man, that's a crazy one. That's talking about lows. That's that's enough to really rattle anyone, right? Like that was like, how were you? Were you just straight up panicky, like floody kind of fear type feeling? It was fear. It was just yeah. like, 
a ch- fear that chills you to your bones. You know, you're just like, oh my god, like, oh, like, how did I get myself in this situation? Like, I can't believe I'm here right now. Yeah, like, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And you can get into these thought loops when you're scared like that, where you're just like, oh, I'm, I'm screwed. I'm screwed. Like, what am I gonna do? And yeah. I don't know what came over me that made me think, stop, think, observe, plan. I mean, I never really tried to memorize that. It just some, I don't know. It just popped in my brain and I just kept saying, all right, just stop. Just think, let's observe what's going on. Let's plan. And eventually. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's if you, there's one thing you could say about that or any gnarly situation. I mean, I'm, I had wolves light up when I was alone in the dark last year. You have, you know, you, you fall and you get hurt. You have, there's a lot of things out there that can happen, right? They're, they're low odds and hopefully you're with someone and it's not as big of a deal, but they can happen. Right. But I think that's like, that's really great that your brain took over and did that because 90 something percent of the time you're actually fine if you don't do anything. Right. Right. Like panic right. where you get hurt panicking. And I've seen this in all the sports I've done is when you just, you freak out and you do something stupid mm. and something stupid is defined as you didn't think about it before you did it. Right. 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 Um, so for reacted. you, actually, if you, if you'd huddled on that Ridge, you probably, it's not like this probably going to blow you off. You probably would have been fine. Right. But if you'd freaked out and like tried to go down the slope real fast and slid and fall and you would have been dead. So it's, you know, that's a, that's great advice. Um, that's a really good one. And I mean, I guess the dropping knowledge piece, right. On, <laughs> on the weather, um, this happened to me in Colorado. The first year I got almost hit by a massive electrical storm above tree line. I did get hit by like a snow hill storm below tree line this year. Uh, August 30th, last day of the year. Uh, remember I showed you that video, that whiteout snowstorm I was stuck in? Oh, yeah. It happens, right? It happens frequently. So first note on that, if there is any chance in the forecasts, you have about a 100% chance in the mountains that it's going to happen. <laughs> right, right. Um, because the way all these forecast stations run, forecasting centers are run off of weather stations. Almost all the weather stations are down in valleys or where people are habitated. Um, and that's two, three, four thousand feet below where these are. So if the rain is going to condense and fall there, it's definitely going to condense and fall on the ridge lines and up on the mountains, right? So mm-hmm. folks that have been in the mountains most of their life have learned that forecasts just don't work. And if a forecast says 20, 10, 20, 30% chance of rain down in the valley, that's like a hundred percent chance. Multiply it by at least three, right? Um, down below. Right. Yeah, Cause I remember you were telling me, Oh, I saw like a 20% chance, mm-hmm. but I thought, Oh, that's no big deal. Yeah. And that um, I had no idea. It's those little yeah. details like that. I was just like, Oh, 20% chance. Yeah. It's not going to rain today. Like, and then yeah. it just got cloudier and cloudier and it just got crazy. <laughs> yeah. I go on some whole rant about how we're so modern and we trust in our stuff and yeah, the world is more than we realize and yada, yada, yada. But like <laughs> the fact is they just can't really predict mountain weather. And I think it's two more things to know is that one, Oh, I don't want to take the long explanation here. Basically, day heats up, water saturation um, increases, water rises, water condenses, hits mountain ridges. Long story short, you almost always get thunderstorms in the afternoon in hmm. the mountains. And so the afternoon is just a dangerous time. Um, and I would say anytime you're above tree line in general, it's a, just a dangerous time. Right. Uh, the trees are really the, the saving grace. They cut the wind, they cut the, the stuff, they stop the lightning. Uh, unless there's like one lone tree, right? But like if you're in the forest. So just in general, if you can't, if you don't have a good aspect where you can see, aspect is like what you can see from where you're at. It's a really bad idea to run up and over a ridge 
over tree line in the middle, you know, after the afternoon. Yeah. 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 Some general advice for folks, right? Yeah. Especially if there's chance of precipitation that day. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. And, and then topos, it froze. Yeah. Oh yeah. Topos. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I know where you're going with this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Yeah. You, you were cold, but oh my gosh, you could, that's one I've learned it, so many sports, not just hunting, but you cannot trust topo maps or satellite images to tell you where cliffs are, mm-hmm. especially small cliffs, like mm-hmm. a four, you know, 40, 50 foot cliff, which is enough to kill you, but it's just not enough to show on a topo map. Um, so definitely don't look at a topo map and trust that if it's steep in that general vicinity, there's not a cliff. You got to yeah. see it. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, that's like a semi saddle. Like, I think I could just hop right over that thing. Yeah. You get up right to that edge. You look over the other side and you're like, oh man, that's yeah. There's no way I'm trying right. I'm just kind of stuck here. Like, what do I, what do I do? Yeah. Um, yeah. No. So, I mean, great lessons to learn now and before it became a problem, right? Like you, yeah. you avoided it and now you kind of know all that stuff, but I think folks forget, like it's all sunny and beautiful and warm and September archery season. It's the probably one of the two or three best months of the year there. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a, the mountains are dangerous, deadly places. So just be careful. Yeah. And I think another mistake I made during that was like, as I was going up that steep stuff, like I was just so committed to go checking out that saddle and going over the yeah. other side. Like I should have like noticed like, Hey, I'm walking on like a bunch of like fist sized rocks that could yeah. just slide and it's starting to get cloudy. Like winds picking up, it's drizzling a little, like this is, this could turn bad really quick. So I should have just stopped myself halfway and just gave up on the plan instead of yeah. just being like, I'm going to the top. I'm going to see what's over there. Um, yeah, no, all good. All good introspection there, Josh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Boy Scout Josh, remember the stop uh, the stop acronym too. That's pretty good. I know. I, it came out of nowhere. I was like, oh. You don't have to even memorize. I mean, I love that hunter safety and survival classes do that. Like it is really powerful, but just just all you got to remember is stop. Just yeah. like I'm freaking out. Just stop. Mm-hmm. Like, stop. <laughs> Eat. Look around. Yeah. There's very few situations where you have to do something in the next two seconds, right? Right. Right. Um, so yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good so one. check the weather. Um, don't trust topo maps. Yeah. And if you get in a hairy situation, just stop. Just stop. And watch out for the afternoons in the high country. Yeah. Especially in September. Yeah. Colorado, especially like Idaho, not as much. It's pretty dry, but Colorado, I'd say 50% of the days I was in Colorado, you'd have a thunderstorm in the afternoon. Whoa, really? That's why Colorado is way more green than Idaho. Hmm. Um, way easier to stock stuff in Colorado, less dry, uh, gotcha. less crackly, popply. Um, anyway, but we've talked about those differences before. Uh, well, maybe I go back and do one of my lows, right? Yeah. Yeah. This one. Oh man. And this one. Yeah. This was brutal. And I kind of choked up in the, uh, I mean, it was a very intense one. I was recounting it for the, the season recap in the fall we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was day four or five. And this year, it turns out when you sell a place, sell your, your primary residence, you have a baby, you move twice, you um, have a new job transfer, all these things in like a three-month period, you're not really on top of your fitness and you're, you're a little stressed, you know, just a wee bit <laughs> with your first kid. Um, so I came into the elk season pretty tired and beat up and not in the shape that I wanted to be. Um, Mentally and physically, probably. Both, yeah. yeah, you're just worn yeah. down. Very, very yeah. worn down. Um and day four or five, you know, if you go out and you go pretty hard, I go 
uh, it's not that I go hard. It's just that I'm used to what I can normally do. Mm-hmm. And no matter how hard you go, if you're doing what you normally did and you're not in the shape to do it, it's going to be hard on you. That makes right. sense. Yeah. Right? Um, so I think that was mistake number one is don't, you know, be very cognizant of your level of fitness, especially you guys that like, that just show up. I mean, there's, we can say all we want that fitness is the most important thing and yada, 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 yada. But like the reality is 80% of folks won't show up in a great shape. And yeah. if you just know that if that's the situation, don't fight it. Cause you're not going to win. Like go with it. <laughs> and there's you know, elevation. Take, yep. There's tons of elevation. There's uh, bad oxygen. I mean, just things that you don't want to fight with. You don't want to get elevation sickness. You don't want to whatever. Long story short, uh, it all kind of hit me day three or four. I you know, had a bunch of really good encounters. It's like, Hey, I want to get this done. I know this area that's way up there in hindsight. I don't know how the hell I'd even get one out. Um, I mean, I could have, but it would have been brutal. But uh, I went up this like 50, 60 degree slope. I mean, and people are going to say that's crazy, not possible. No, it's literally a slope you're standing on and you're reaching out with your hand and you're touching stuff, right? You're holding things as you go up it. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know there's a ton of elk up there. It's about a thousand feet of that. It's insanity. Um, and about halfway up, it, I, I talked to Josh, but I like had a, just like a complete and utter bonk. My body just kind of like got cold, shivery. Uh, I almost passed out. Like I whited out pretty much and I'd like jump on the upside of a tree so that if I passed out, I didn't roll, you know, 800 feet down the, yeah. the thing. Um, and then started kind of shaking uncontrollably and couldn't get warm. It was a brutal, brutal moment. I've never had anything like that, uh, happen. Right. It's mm-hmm. a very, it really shakes your confidence. Um, cause I think when you're fit and you're, if you're super fit and you're experienced in all country or you're in your twenties or anything where you're used to everything being fine, you don't really realize how exposed and alone you are if you're solo out there. And so when something like that happens just out of nowhere and you don't expect it, it really shatters your confidence um, right? and what you're thinking about. So it's a really bad event. It's a super low. Um, I don't think folks will quite get to that position. I mean, I, I ended up having to, because I couldn't, I didn't really have the strength to go down under control. I had to spend like the next two hours going up like 200 feet just to pop over the saddle to a much easier way down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember I spent the entire day there just trying to recover. Uh, it was that was that bad a shape yeah uh, didn't even hunt just like they did that and then hiked out the next morning um, wow brutal brutal but i think that's if it's a low that a lot of folks can relate to because they're gonna there's gonna be we always joke about this day three on any backpacking trip right your energy can get you through you know or day one like just you're excited day two like you still got your reserves of energy you slept good for the week before you ate well day three like you had two nights of bad sleep your your nutrition is really kicking in your body's not quite acclimated to altitude like you're gonna it's gonna hit you like a sack of bricks right Mm -hmm. no matter who you are um i mean i guess if you live up there and you're doing it year round no it's not gonna but 90 like the vast majority of elk hunters almost 100 percent of non-residents day three or four is going to be brutal Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say that's something just to know for people that's going to be a low on your trip. That's one of the few lows you can just plan for. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you do have uh, tips for that one. You know, you feel it's just going to come crashing down on you. You're going to just feel exhausted and beat and tired. And I think this is one where it actually is okay to listen to your body. Cause it's not, there's nothing you can do about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't push through it and magically feel good. You can 
if you do, you'd end up like me. You you just have a life-threatening situation, right? Because it made me realize like I can't even like if I whited out and fell, I wouldn't even have been able to get to my EPIRB. No one would have even known where I was. Like it's I mean they know generally where I am, but are they gonna look up the side of that thing? No. Like it's dangerous, right? Yeah, um, it's pretty scary. So don't push through it. I think you know just take time, right? Like know that that's gonna happen. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was low. That was very low though. Yeah, super scary. Um and also what you mentioned about like like you have an your part of your identity is you know your fit healthy guy can push really hard i mean you've done the iron man you've done ridiculous stuff yeah. uh before and so when you have a moment like that the the confident like yes it's physically scary almost white like white or like yeah whiting out and having to sit down and like you know jump to save your life essentially like that's physically scary but that point you brought up about the confidence because it could be it sounds like it could be destabilizing because it's just something outside of your identity you know when you identify yeah. as such a fit person so not only physically but mentally emotionally yeah can be challenging um that's intense yeah. <laughs> can be brutal and i i mean i think it's a it's fairly avoidable in that the fitter you are the less likely it is to happen or the less bad it's gonna be mm-hmm. um but yeah it's uh i mean i think it's something to be prepped for it's something to again visualize hey i know this is gonna be hard i'm gonna feel this way yeah and uh what am i going to do about it you're gonna say okay no it's fine like you know it is this is where i am i did the best i could have done Mm -hmm. or maybe i didn't but like i'm here and there's nothing i can do about it now we've talked about how you can't add fitness within a few weeks of anything like it just doesn't work um so you you just you know if your body says hey i need to eat food is mood eat something right um you need to relax you need to do whatever do that i mean there's ways to do it and elk hunt too you know go sit a wallow go down somewhere where you've seen a lot of elk trails and just sit there, right? Um, you still got a chance at killing an elk and you're resting, right? It's a good, mm-hmm. it's a win-win. So yeah. just go with, go with the pace. There's ways to elk kind of be within the pace. And also it reminds me of uh, like your normal strategy. I know this year uh, you had the time off. Wait, no. Yeah. Yeah. You had the time off. Yeah. for Because yeah. you had the baby. So I know normally when you have to take time off you go for a weekend first then come back home work the week yeah. then go for like a 10-day stretch or an eight-day stretch or something yeah um, yeah we is- talked a little bit about that strategy but the like the that's my favorite if you're coming from out of state is go the fly drive you're talking about yeah 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 come in for a weekend for, you know drive out the first uh first weekend hunt for three days then fly back for the work week and then fly back to where you are for the full week mm-hmm um, we've talked about that. You get, what is that? 10 days elk hunting for five days of vacation. Right. You do it right. Um, but that's another reason that's such a dynamite strategy is you, when you hit day three, the first weekend you're done. <laughs> yeah. You fly home, you recover, sleep, yep. get a good night's w- week's worth of rest. So would you recommend food. With, with the backpack style, like backcountry style bow hunters, would you recommend going in and then every like third day you come out, you know, you stay in a hotel, right? Recover get a good nice rest and then go push almost like a series of sprints instead of trying to like just ride it out. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because if most people have only a week, right. And uh, if you mm-hmm. did that, you'd be burning two nights of the f- six days or whatever it is. Right. So, you know, it's kind of up to folks. I generally, if, even if I have a week, I'm going to take one night in town. Mm-hmm. Um, even at the fitness level where I was solid, I'm going to go in midweek on a night and I don't you know plan it for 
Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, I just kind of go with the flow, right? If I'm beat or if like the elk have shut up and it's quiet right. and, you know, I'm going to say, okay, tonight's, tonight's the night to go into town. I'll rip down to the car, uh, hop in, you know, you can even hunt till it gets dark and then go down, although you're not going to get a great night of sleep that way, but go mm-hmm. down, do laundry, take your shower, eat a really good meal, two good meals, dinner, breakfast, mm-hmm. get a clean hotel, sleep super well pop back up that's that's huge like that really changes the outlook on the back half of the week versus just grinding it out and being just destroyed yeah and then you're just you come operating there, you're fresh you're excited yeah yeah you take a little bit of time yes, off and come back to operate at 100 instead of just operating at like 50 percent for the rest of the trip yes yeah, yeah totally yeah. It, it's i mean it's just it's betting numbers right it's are you at 100 percent for how many hours versus 10 percent for how many right, like, right there's a breaking right. point there totally um, so it's that's a huge one that's a great way to get around it but again i think all these things about getting around it like it's gonna happen and i think like you said for folks to know ways to avoid it and then also just to mentally be prepared for that moment right um, is good you know, yeah good. and to just realize it's, it's not all it's, it's not all sunshine and rainbows out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. One last thing I just thought of, uh, or I, actually, is there anything else that we should cover before this one was kind of a quick episode, but yeah, it's a pretty quick one. I mean, I think, I think those are most of the lows, you know, physical fitness, the, uh, you know, missing out on an elk, um, weather, uh, weather is pretty brutal. Yeah. Those are, those are going to be some of the hardest ones. Um, oh yeah, one actually one more. We meant to, to cover this at the beginning of the episode. Um, this happened last year too. The dry spell, right? That's that's probably the biggest of the top three. You're going to see fitness uh, missed opportunities, and then the third is going to be the dry spell, which is it's been a day, it's been five days, it's been whatever amount of time, and you've seen nothing, right? No fresh sign, no elk, no nothing, and or you've never, you haven't had any good encounters. You've seen elk. It's, there's a periods, it always goes in waves, right? There's always these periods, extended periods where nothing happens. And then out of the blue, something does happen. Um, and that's a really tough one to get around too, because it's going to happen to most folks. Um, it's, I remember this year, like I was, when you came out, remember you, uh, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you yeah, showed yeah, up yeah. and I was just in the dry spell and it'd been so hot and the elk were not moving. They were not making noise. And I've been hiking all around this air, different areas around me and just nothing. And we did go find that one and it was pretty cool. But after that, I'm like, I don't think there's an elk in this entire area. Right. Um, and so, I mean, that's a super low point. You get really discouraged. You're like, am I just wasting my time? And what am I doing? Uh, you feel pretty down. I remember I was just kind of sitting there like, well, now what? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's a hard one because it's like, you're just constantly getting your expectations crushed day after day, hour yes. after hour. Yep. And it's just a long period of, dang, it's still nothing. Still, should I stick it out? And you're questioning yourself. So that, yeah. That's that's a different kind of low point because it lasts so long. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I think so there's a few ways to deal with it that have helped me over time. Like one is, one is like set your expectations. Well, we talked about this. Like don't, don't go, everyone talks about the good stuff elk hunting. Right. They talk about, hey, I've got killed this many elk, or I got I got one first day. And that's all you see on Instagram and YouTube and all these things, me included, right? I'm like, oh, I've killed four out of five years, right? That's I kind of hesitate to say that stuff because it sets a bad expectation for people. I've been mm. very lucky. I've worked very hard, but I've been very lucky too. Um so I think if you step back, people get one elk every 10 years. That's the average, 
So know that it's not unusual and it's not unheard of for people to have that happen to you. So you're not, you're not a failure. You're, you're not something weird. If you have a dry spell of multiple days, even almost the whole week, right? That's normal. Mm -hmm. Um, but what does make you a failure is if you sit there and then self-pity and don't do anything. <laughs> right. right. So I can have that conversation with myself a few times. Sometimes it doesn't help. Sometimes it does. Um, but just saying, hey, listen, like, this is normal. You're actually probably beating the numbers. Like, relax and do something instead of just getting dug in your little pity pit. Right? Yeah. Uh, so that's one. Two is, you know, like the others, sometimes just sitting back and... uh looking or moving, right? I think are two things that really helped me. So we did that. We looked, we just like sat back and we glassed huge amounts of terrain, right? Mm -hmm. Cause that helps me look to find elk. And it, even that just seeing one for some reason is a huge mental boost for me. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, ton, like get somewhere where you can glass is a huge one. And then the other one, and we've talked about this, you don't see elk sign in 24 hours, like move, mm -hmm. <laughs> frick, can move just don't even question just like press the button that was my big failure this year as i've talked about um that will change your outlook because every time you go somewhere new you're like oh maybe this is the honey hole right like uh anyway is that uh have you felt that one at all josh uh i think because it was all new for me it was just all yeah. I, I didn't really get along I mean, I guess I did get a long dry spell, but even in it, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like, yeah, oh, like I'm, I'm out here, I'm doing it. You know, I think, yeah, I was just, I was just happy, <laughs> happy Josh last year. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, scary that's, moment, but. That is a, I mean, that, that's a success you can look to. <laughs> that's more positive And I think better than getting an elk is to be able to look back and be proud of your mental state during the whole thing. That's, that's awesome. Um, yeah. But for most normal folks, <laughs> for people that don't go to 10-day meditation retreats, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll happen. Uh, you know, it, it'll, it, it's there. So I think just knowing that's, that's going to happen. And yeah, I mean, there is even Corey Jacobson. I watched a bunch of his videos this year. You know, he did some great hunts and he'd, what was it like a year or the a year and a half he hadn't shot an elk or something? Oh, wow. Which for a guy that spends almost a month in the woods and is a world, you know, the world-class caller literally world champion and that happens to him right yeah and if you think about the amount he hunts that's six to eight weeks of hunting yeah right? that's that's a heck of a lot of hunting um so it's not you know that's probably one of the best elk hunters on the planet right i would i would love to go hunting with Corey. like you know he's he's a killer and that happens to him so there you go yeah anyway we can we can leave that one for folks to <laughs> Yeah. But I think those are, I mean, I think those are the big ones. Like those are the things people can expect and see year in and year out. And I mean, if, like I said, this isn't the, the episode that gets the, the most clicks, but it's probably one of the ones that's going to be most helpful to people. Cause I mean, those are, if you react positively to those three or four situations, you're going to sell, probably save yourself two or three days of hunting, which is a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not the most fun for people to talk about. So I don't, I don't think people usually do on a lot of ep podcasts or videos or whatnot. Like, yeah, we're just going to talk about the most like worst parts of last season, <laughs> but yeah. a lot of, a lot of lessons in there for sure. Um, one thing to end on is actually a while back, I think we invited any elk hunters out there who have around a season or so or less of experience we'd love to have you come on the episode and just ask baxter a bunch of questions and i'll try to answer anything if, if i can help at all but i think this time it'd be cool baxter if maybe we extend that invitation to samantha and jake if you're listening they they said they were 
bow hunting for like a year or so. Um, so if you're out there listening and maybe we can email you, but we'd love to have you on and do like a coaching session almost. Uh, I think that'd be a fun episode to do. What, what do you yeah, think, Baxter? Absolutely, man. And I'm, uh, I'm all for, for anyone that you, know, we've, we've had a really fun run here where it's been me mentoring Josh and that'll always keep going, but I think it'll, it'll be really fun to open it up to and just help people because, um, as we talked about before, even for guys that quote unquote, know it all, no one does. Right. But mm-hmm. you, I, I learned so much just by the way you asked me questions or made me think about things in ways I'd never done before. So I think it's going to be really, really constructive for everybody that listens to this, no matter how experienced you are to hear some total newbies or folks that are very new in their L career, ask the questions, the obvious questions they don't even think to ask anymore. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm fired up. I'd love to get some people on and just have a good talk about elk and learn uh, together, which would be really cool. Yeah, totally. And then also if you got questions, we're going to be, we will kick off the listener questions eventually. <laughs> so just keep emailing us Baxter Hunter uh, hunting, sorry, Baxter hunting at gmail.com or go to baxterbowman.com, hit the contact form and send Baxter an email. We now know What's been going on with the spam? Oh, that was a big low, but we, we learned our lesson and we'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, I've got a lot of apologies to write. And I really hope anyone, seriously, anybody who sent in a message between December and February, end of February um, this year, it didn't get a response. Even last year, if you just didn't get a response from me, <laughs> send a message because I almost always respond mm-hmm. within very worse the week, almost always within a day. So, um, yeah sorry and would really love to uh to get your questions yeah and shout out again to samantha jake that email you wrote was so heartfelt we we, i just feel so energized and motivated and happy it's that we're helping in a small way yeah awesome well looking forward to talking to everybody next time